0: Welcome to Donuts with Dudes, episode 24. It's October 16th, baby. Anthony and I got a great lineup for you dudes this week. For our first topic, we're taking a look at the unfortunate Israeli war with Hamas. Anyways, excuse my friend over here. For our second topic, arguably the best quarterback in the NFL, is also one of the league's lowest paid players. What kind of shit is that? For our final topic this week, Major League Baseball League Championships are underway, and this year's AL Battle is a Lone Star Showdown. The stars at night a big and bright. Deep in the heart of Texas. <laughs> but before we throw this batch in the oven, Anthony, hit him with that great Donuts with Dude's track, my dude. Let's get it. Two,
1: one.
0: Welcome to Donuts with Dudes, where we dive into the things that matter most to men, like
2: sports, business, and mental conditioning. But we don't stop there. We also incorporate health topics because being a well rounded dude means taking care of yourself. We're your hosts,
0: Anthony and Cameron. And we're excited to bring you this show where we discuss hot topics and interview experts in their field. Real dudes just like you.
2: So sit back, grab a donut and maybe some coffee, and join us in the bakery.
0: Dudes for our first topic this week. Man, it's one that is disastrous. It is horrific, and it's, it is sad. But devastating. Devastating is a good word. But last week, a group of militant Hamas soldiers went in from the Gaza Strip into Israel and mass murdered over 1,100 Israeli citizens. This is a conflict that's been going on for over thousands of years. And it is what is considered the most deadliest Israeli mass genocide if you want to call it that, since the Holocaust. So this has caused the Israeli forces and a lot of other forces around the world to get involved to stage a retaliation attack against Hamas. And so real quick, if, if you guys don't understand what's going on, you might have been educated over the past few days just because of the war and what's going on over in Israel right now. But Israel is, a, is its own state And if you're a Christian, you probably know a little bit more about Israel, who they are. But um, everything that is going on over there right now stems back to over 4,000 years ago, where there's this man named Abraham. He's a father of the two largest faiths in the world, Christianity and Islam. But he's also the father of Judaism, too, as well. Since then, there has been a claim to this land, this holy land, of Israel going back and forth between faiths and especially more specifically around Jerusalem. So over time, there have been parts and factions of this area considered the Holy Land that have been designated towards the Jewish faith and people of Islam. And so there's there's two parts called the Gaza Strip, which butts up to Egypt and is the most southwestern point of Israel it's sanctioned off, basically given to uh, Palestine, which, which you guys know about history. Israel was overtaken by the Roman Empire, and then this area was called Palestine. It was then taken over by the Ottoman Empire, and up until World War I, this land was called Palestine. Through World War Two, when you had Nazi Germany and you have the disbursement of a lot of Jews, this is where you have the British control over Israel, and then they start relinquishing control back to Israel. Israel becomes its own state. And then this is where you start having a lot of the fights between the people of faith that are loyal to origin, or the Palestine state, which was a Muslim state, and people that are loyal to Israel and their Jewish faith. So now you've got this religious war going on and who has the, the, the right to a certain land. And if you look and go back to the most historical state, it's the state of Israel, right? The, the, the Jewish state. So now you have these two different areas, the Gaza Strip and the West Bank, and Israel has declared war on the Gaza Strip. And um, so if you guys don't know, Gaza Strip is overran by Hamas. And now we've got a lot of things just going on and brewing around. That was a lot to go into it in a a huge opening statement. Anthony hasn't even said a word over here, but uh, uh, I digress.
2: And I saw something where they they were going to do an evacuation of 1.1 million citizens there, Palestinians, I guess, just to say, if you want to leave, you can leave. But they're really, um, you got 24 hours. And they're going to do a ground invasion in there and just shut it down, man. So that's crazy. That's going to take a huge orchestration, right, of trying to move a million point one people through the streets and get them out of there to begin with.
0: Yeah. Hey, listen to uh, a captain in the IDF or the Israel Defense Forces. Listen to what he had to say to the citizens of the Gaza Strip.
1: Us terrorist organization waged a war against... The State of Israel and Gaza City is an area where military operations are taking place. This evacuation is for your own safety. You will be able to return to Gaza City only when another announcement permitting it is made. Do not approach the area on the security fence with the State of Israel, which means telling the Gazas do not go this way towards the security fence, do not approach the border only goes south again out of a concern for safety uh, of uh, non combatants in the following days the idf will continue to operate with significant force in gaza city and will make extensive efforts to <clears throat> sorry to avoid harming civilians
2: seeing that on the map seeing that video made me very interested in to see what the size of gaza city is just just to try to visualize the concept of moving 100 or 1.1 million people through those streets. I know it's a very
0: small area. If you look at Israel on a map, it's a very small little area, just sectioned off on the southwest corner of Israel.
2: Yeah, it's 365 kilometers squared. So it's roughly 141 square miles. I guess here to South Houston, I mean, try to think about that in that sense of, like, how far that would be. Yeah. What are they going to do, be walking streets?
0: I mean, essentially. I mean, I don't know how else you, you get out of there. I mean, um, it, in Egypt has even come. So, you know, Egypt is the kind of to the southeast of Israel and the Gaza Strip. And their borders butt up to one another. And Egypt has even said that they're not going to take in any of these refugees too as well. I don't have much of the backstory as to why they've said that, but it's just kind of interesting because Egypt has been a loyal companion to Gaza, so I don't know what their reasoning is behind that. But other issues that are kind of coming into this is you've got Iran, who has historically been a Hamas supporter and of the Gaza Strip. Obviously, Iran has kind of been a sworn enemy to the United States for the longest time, but as of lately, there's been... Some legislation that's come across even $6 billion worth of legislation for humanitarian support for Iran. Now, that has been pulled off of the table during all of this. And so this was efforts for us of trying to make amends with a state that is considered terroristic state. You know, we're trying to make amends with
2: them. And, you know, now this is completely off the table. Early this morning, I got a text about 630 from a buddy of mine. Shout out to my boy, Will. And uh, he said that his sister had, you know, sent him some texts because she know know somebody that's in the military or fbi or something like that and that there was these global plans for yeah i guess synchronized strikes or mass it's mass day of rage is what they were trying to do so looking this up here i looked on in like the first or one of the first articles it says that there was a frenzied knife attacks were reported in china and france on friday after Hamas called for the 13th to be the global day of rage in response to the group's ongoing war with Israel. Now, the disturbing acts of violence couldn't be immediately linked to the war, but the first victim was an employee of the Israeli embassy. Hmm.
0: Wow. This will be released a couple days after our recording this. You know, we're, we're thinking about the Israeli people and just everything that's kind of going on in the world right now, as far as conflict goes, my thoughts and prayers actually go out to, I actually have a cousin of mine, Camille, um, who works for the United States embassy. And just so happens that last year she was assigned to the United States embassy in Israel. Mm. And so we are in a group message right now with her and our whole entire family, just as to what updates are and what's going on and just hearing shellings going on constantly and luckily where they're at is a little bit further away from the conflict, but you, you know, you're still around it, you know, so thoughts and prayers go to all the people out there. But what we're thinking about too as well, when we wanted to integrate in with this story is, you know, could this potentially be the Armageddon story that you hear about that comes out of the revelations, right? And what we know Given that this whole entire area has been in a state of conflict for thousands of years, right? I mean, like people have been fighting there for forever. But the Holy Land, Israel, is considered to be the place where the last battle is going to be taking place. And um, I'm not a Bible scholar, but I've been listening to a handful of people that are well-educated in Bible prophecy, revelations, things of that nature. And they're talking about, you know, since this is like a battle of faiths here and it's in the Holy Land, it's a battle over the Holy Land, kind of correlates with what Revelations has to say about the final battle. You know, this has been going on and people have been saying that this is, you know, the final battle has been projected and and prophesied for a long time. But, you know, they're saying that this could potentially
2: be the world stage for that battle. I need to find out what Nostradamus said, to be honest with you. Nostradamus? (laughs) I'm being serious. I mean, let's find out who's really who's predicted this, bro. So that way we know whether to to worry about it or not. Yeah,
0: he's the guy that said about the twin sisters falling on something. And he, so he predicted the right the nine eleven attacks, right?
2: Yes, he did. Hell oh, no! Come on. But what did my boy Nostradamus say? It seems, though, that Nostradamus knew this was coming in 2023, given his prediction of a great war for this year. I knew it. I knew it. There's great wars every year, I feel like.
0: But to that effect, this could potentially be a very great, big war. I mean, even bigger than the Russian-Ukrainian war.
2: Yeah. I mean, he says seven months of the great war.
0: Hmm. So maybe we have seven months of this coming. I don't know. But dudes, there's a lot going on surrounding this. I mean, there's even groups that are coming out in support of Hamas and the Gaza Strip. you got people in Harvard student groups, at NYU. You know, they got the freedom of speech, but as it stands, America stands with Israel. Donuts with dudes, we stand with Israel. But dudes, we'd love for you guys to join in the conversation. Is there any part of this that we're missing? Obviously, there's a lot more variables to this than that were presented in this long topic. But join the conversation by following the link in our show notes. It'll take you to our website. You can comment on this topic, or you can email us to join the conversation at info at donutswithdudes.com.
2: We'll be back in a minute, but now a word from our sponsors.
0: At some point in our adult lives, we may have to turn our attention to the needs and safety of our parents and grandparents as they age. They've done so much for us, and it's our turn to make sure they have the best quality of life. I founded HomeSpark because seniors deserve to have the very best care available, so they can age with dignity and remain independent longer. Our caregivers provide wellness checks, companionship, transportation, meal preparation, and more of what you think is important. To learn more about our personalized care plan, visit us at HomeSparkCare.com. HomeSpark. We care for people. And, dudes, for our second topic this week, man, if you've been keeping up with the NFL and just some of the key players that have been making highlights this year, I think it's easy to say that Brock Purdy is at the top of that list. I mean, this guy is electric, and it really didn't come to my attention and really probably Anthony's attention until he put a whipping on our team, Dallas Cowboys, hard to admit, But man, watching that game and watching this kid play, this kid is a
2: stud, man. No doubt. I was really impressed with him against the Cowboys. This was supposed to be the matchup of the season or so far. You know, you had the Cowboys versus the 49ers at San Francisco. So we were coming off being a really hot defense and putting points up. You know, I I felt like this was going to be the game that we could possibly see the NFC championship a couple months down the line, and we still could. But being a Cowboys fan and and definitely not a fan of the 49ers, I wanted to hate on Brock Purdy so bad, but he didn't give me a reason to. He picked apart the defense, made great throws and plays, and just really outplayed our guy Dak Prescott. Really did. I mean,
0: the Cowboys defense is not a push-over defense at all. I mean, some would argue that they're probably – top three best defenses. I'm sure if you go and look at some of the stats, they probably are, but maybe not after the 49er game. But some interesting things surrounding Brock Purdy is his salary. This guy is only making less than a million dollars a year right now, which, I mean, in in if you kind of put that in perspective, I mean, the guy is making a million dollars a year. So, I mean, right. come on. I mean, that's really not that big a deal. But Really putting that into perspective, I mean, the guy has been undefeated as a starting quarterback for the 49ers. And you go and look at other players like Mac Jones. Mac Jones is the quarterback for the New England Patriots. He is currently making over $15 million a year. And his record as a starting quarterback is 17 and 19 wins to losses. Obviously, Mac Jones came out of Alabama, was a highly touted player coming out of a championship winning Alabama team. So, you know, it, it makes sense that he got a really high salary coming out of the gate compared to Brock Purdy, who was from Iowa State. You know, Iowa State has always been an 8 and 14, 7 and 5, kind of in that, that ballpark, maybe kind of right there with my Texas A&M Aggies, you know. Mm-hmm. They love a good eight and four season just like we do. But, you know, so the I can I can understand where that correlation is, but the way it's translating in the pros, man, those numbers aren't aren't adding up.
2: Right. I'm reading here that, you know, Brock Purdy signed a 4-year, 3.7 million dollar contract with the 49ers after he was drafted in 2022. The contract came with 77,000 And guaranteed money, and carries an annual average salary of nine hundred thousand three hundred or nine hundred thirty-four thousand two fifty-two a year. So basically, this year he's going to make eighty-seven, eight hundred seventy thousand dollars with about twenty twenty grand in bonuses. Next year he'll make about fifteen grand more in the base, and then he'll hit a million one point one in twenty twenty-five. Okay, hey man. I would love to be taking home eight hundred. Oh yeah, k a year. I mean, I would be a happy camper. Don't get me wrong, right? But one fun fact, man, that I was thinking about, and I had heard about this, and I remember the game too, because uh, this was, you know, back in twenty nineteen. But the Sooners were playing Brock Purdy. You know, they were playing the Iowa State Cyclones, and I remember that game being so high scoring too. And it was a nail-biter in which the Sooners won 42-41. to 41. Now, the cool thing about this is we all know Jalen Hurts, right, and what he's doing in the NFL and what he did in college. But in this game, he threw for three touchdowns and rushed for two. And Brock Purdy tied a school record for touchdowns by a single player with six. He threw five in the air and ran one in on the ground and just lost by one point.
0: Yeah, and that's your, uh, your Heisman Trophy winner right there, too. Yes. You know? And to go even further on that, uh, if you look at some of the NIL deals that some of these college athletes have, the top 25 athletes that have the most NIL money are, have a higher salary than Brock Purdy, okay? At number 25, you have Jared McCain. He is a freshman Duke basketball player. He's making a million dollars a year. At the top of that list is Bronny James. He's the son to LeBron James. He's making $5.9 million a year. So I can see why some of these players want to stay in college a little bit longer, man, because money might be a little bit better.
2: Right. If if you're looking at uh, Shadur Sanders right now, he's at, what, 4.8? He's number two on the list at 4.8, which... I believe they had said he has no, he has no interest in coming out early. <laughs> and even his dad was like, no, we're not doing that. Unless we can go number one in the draft, we're going to stay. And you're going to make your extra money here and just increase your stock whenever you get ready to go. Right. Why, why leave, man? Might as well get a PhD,
0: stay for the full five years. And you know what I'm saying? Times have changed. Even his son, uh, Shiloh Sanders, who is also on Colorado's football team, He's making just about the same amount as Brock Purdy is, $848,000 a year. So should have been a football player. Mm. But anyways, dudes, what is your take on all this? Obviously money isn't everything, but at some point you want your salary within respects to everybody else to, you know, based on your performance to kind of be within that ballpark. Obviously contracts are contracts and they are what they are, but I don't know, what's your take on all of this? We'd love for you guys to join the conversation. Hit the link in our show notes or email us, info at donutswithdudes.com. And dudes, for our final topic this week, it's America's favorite pastime and it's the best time of the year when it comes to Major League Baseball. We're entering the phase of the AL, or the American League Championship Series, also known as the ALCS, and we also got the NLCS, National League Championship game, going on as well. But what Anthony and I want to focus on is the AL side, which if you guys don't know, we got the Astros of Houston, Texas, facing off against the Rangers of Dallas, Texas, in the Lone Star Showdown. <laughs> and, um, you know, we coming from Texas, man, this is a huge, dividing topic right now. I mean, you got a lot of Rangers and Astros gear going on, a lot of fun banter going on on social media. But, man, this will be an interesting series. Uh, You know, they were coming off the first game yesterday between the Houston Astros and the and the Rangers and the Rangers ended up taking the win on the first game. Anthony, what do you what are you thinking about this series, man? Well,
2: this will be the first time that that they've ever had a Texas showdown for any kind of division title like this or even league title. So deep in the heart of Texas, man, there it is, you know, the battle for the AL representative in the World Series. If you've been paying attention to the Astros versus the Rangers, as of recently, the Astros have the edge. I believe you have some stats on that. But overall, man, I I think the Rangers are up two games, 134 to 132 in that battle.
0: Yeah, they got a a slight edge on the Astros. That definitely comes from the earlier years in the league where the Rangers kind of had a run back in the 90s. Um, the old Pudge Rodriguez days, and and also the Nolan Ryan days. But as of lately, um, ever since the Astros won their first World Series, which the Rangers have no World Series under their belt, but the Astros won their first World Series back in 2017, and ever since they've won that, um, the Astros have had their ticket. They've got a 68 win, 68% win percentage against the Rangers, ever since the 2017 season, and most recently, as of this year, the Astros have a 75% percentage, winning uh, nine games against the Rangers, three games um, during the regular season. So, you know, it's going to be an interesting showdown against these two Texas teams. Right. One other interesting fact that also goes along with this, four out of the last six times the Astros have been to the World Series. They also are the reigning World
2: Series champions. So, I mean, they got a lot going for them right now, man. You're right. And when you brought up the four out of the six last seasons, right, it brought me, uh, it made me remember what I just saw a couple days ago on X, formerly known as Twitter. A guy had actually posted something that I thought was crazy, and it made me just kind of go down a rabbit hole. So it says Alex Bregman has made the college world series or the American league championship series in nine of the last 11 seasons since he graduated from high school.
0: Wow. Cause so he was with LSU prior to, so he won the world series with them.
2: Yes. Wow. That was the number two draft pick by the Strohs.
0: Maybe Alex Bregman is the wild card. I mean, I know that he is uh, definitely a key player on the Astros team, but. I guess the, the X factor has always been Jose Altuve and other players, obviously pitching too as well, kind of being a lights out thing. But
2: never really heard that with Alex Bregman being the X factor for the team. Right. Yeah. And one thing I really appreciated too, just looking up some of this stuff about Bregman was in 2018, man, he had a base salary of like 550000 or something like that. And then now he's making $28.5 million a year. So maybe this is a foreboding for Brock Purdy. Hey, man, you know,
0: take a look at Alex Bredman, man. He was making half a million dollars a year, but he was eating syrup sandwiches and back in the day, but now he's living large. Right. <laughs> but anyways, getting back to baseball.
2: Oh, when we were going back, you know, I think we missed this part too, but, you know, the Astros advanced to their seventh-in-a-row ALCS. Wow. So... They've been to this game seven seven years in a row. Yes. Wow. Being hated on on, on all of them pretty much ever, ever since the backlash from the uh, 2017 trash cans fiasco, if you will. Yep. But they're still in the conversation. Yeah.
0: They're relevant. They're going to be a force to be reckoned with. It'll be an interesting series. Obviously, the winner of this one goes on to play the winner of the National League side, which is going to be between the Phillies and the uh, Diamondbacks, too, as well be a great series all all throughout on the AL-NL side and then all the way into the World Series too as well. But dudes, what do you guys think about this? What's the team you're rooting for this year and who you think is going to pull it out? We'd love to have you guys join the conversation by clicking the link in our show notes or emailing us info at donutswithdudes.com.
2: Well, dudes, that's it for our show this week. We hope you dudes enjoyed it. As always, you can find all of our content on our link tree at Donuts with Dudes. And dudes, if you've got a TikTok or an Instagram account, go give us a follow at Donuts with Dudes. This week's shout out goes to our dudette, Crystal
0: from Brian. Thanks, Crystal, for the kudos and the likes on our show and for always giving us a, a big thumbs up on each week's show we appreciate it and dudes and dudettes we hope you'll continue to interact with our conversation you can do that by requesting a shout out or commenting on today's show by following the link in our show notes you can also email us info at donutswithdudes.com
2: and dudes as always our mission is to make men better and smarter each week so go share this shit with some friends
0: (laughs) and dudes until next week take care of yourself And we'll see you in the bakery for the next batch
1: of our fresh hot topics.